You know, there are these days that unfold in the lives of churches that are really important. There are uh, cultures that are created, kind of a way of being and breathing and moving that local churches have and express. And this whole series has been about helping our church community connect to how our local uh, flavor expression is very much connected to and rooted in the historical faithful yes to the kingdom of God. Today's kind of looking at a portion of the creed. We've been walking through the Apostles' Creed. And I just have to say, I, in my preparation, I, I kept finding like, well, is there another illustration or is there something else I'm supposed to add in? And I'm just going to tell you what we have experienced for the last 50 minutes. Maybe, and I'll, I'll venture to say a little bit before is the illustration of today's message. And I've watched it happen because more than one human being showed up today. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) I've watched smiling faces welcoming people. What a great gift from team, uh, the worship team using their gifts to lead us in worship. I heard your beautiful voices join in. I mean, how good was that coffee break just now, though, right? I mean, I watched the coffee break and and people moving around the room and communion, just a whole other team of people expressing the love of Jesus in a tangible way, extending the welcome that Jesus welcomes us with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the beginning, and what we know to be true for eternity will be the loving embrace for you and for me and for all of humanity. Not to mention the team that's making it happen down in the gym and our vineyard kids and the team in the back running tech. I mean, can you just see how many pieces there are to the puzzle that happens here. Can we, I want to just do something. I want you to cheer because there's this, there's this real thing that I think we want to connect to today. That, that as wonderful as it will be for us to think really good things when we leave here, to, to embody, to experience, to tangibly connect to a God who loves us so much that he came and he dwelt among us. And what we kind of, this whole season of Lent, anticipating kind of Easter, that he went to the cross and his power was displayed in sacrifice and being acquainted with sin and sorrow and all this that he bore. And he went to the tomb, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it's really good. And so join us on Easter. And then, and then he met and he walked and he was visible and, and he was tangible and he was seen. And, and even the people that doubted, that walked and they go, I just don't believe. And he said, here, like, see, it's right here. And as Alan shared last week, I mean, this message last week was so good for me about the ascension of Jesus, that he's now by the right hand of the Father, and he's praying, and he is, like, continuing to declare his hope and his life for you and to you, and his heart beats for you, so that we could talk about today 
that we are invited to be a part of community, that the communion of saints. It's not the communion of perfect ones by your own strength and your own ability and that you don't need any help. It's not the communion of exclusivity and nobody's welcome. It is the communion of saints. Ordinary men, women, boys, girls, young, old, every tribe and tongue and nation that identifies as one found in Jesus. And isn't that been the picture this morning already? the loving kindness of one heart and one life displayed for many, Miss Janie. And the kids, they get it. Unprompted by their parents. I mean, just talk about the purity of heart in our kids looking at a life lived well towards them. The communion of saints. This is the picture. We look around. We should look to each other. This is the illustration point. This is the heartbeat of community that you, you would know that you are not intended to be alone or by yourself, but you can come and be welcomed and, and begin to discover that, you know, there are people on the same journey as you. Unique, everybody uniquely made. And it takes all the breadth of uniqueness to declare the, the expansive beauty of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And that is the heartbeat of the Vineyard Church Pearland. The communion of loved ones. The communion of ones loved by God. And so what I want to do is, you know, traditions are good. We've kind of built this tradition over the last few weeks of reading the Apostles' Creed out loud together. So I just want to continue that this morning. And I want us to read it with kind of the backdrop of just what you've experienced today. Being served well by our hospitality team and being led well by a wonderful team and being welcomed and sitting together and now you participating, you being a part of making this thing happen. So let's read the Apostles' Creed together. It'll be up here on the screen behind me and uh, no pressure if you don't want to say anything. Just Listen to the beautiful voices around you, but I encourage you, lend your voice and join me in we reading this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Man, y'all sound amazing. I love this. So if you want, you can follow along on the listening sheet, but there, there is like one clear aim today is we're going to dial in to three lines of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
and the forgiveness of sins. And I want to read to you out of 1 Peter 2, 4 through 12, to give some scripture context for this. Because in some ways, the Apostles' Creed is not pointing to this is the, the one kind of portion of scripture. It's, it encapsulates the beauty of God's story. And, and this is what's been jumping out at me over these weeks, is that each of us is being invited into a story that is bigger than our own life. It's beyond kind of our own decades of existence, kind of this own kind of framing of culture and time. It is a historical venture of a God who's been since the beginning, is and is to come. It's being invited to God's story. And so, you know, faithful people who've loved Jesus well have helped kind of give language to this. So here's kind of some context in 1 Peter 2. It says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Can I just say real quick, that's a great reminder for us in the middle of a construction project. <laughs> as cool as those steel beams are, we are the church. We are the heart-beating ones who make any space, this space, worth walking into. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy." You know, there's this incredible thing when we say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sin. When we begin to declare that we are anchoring our lives on this belief in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins, what we are saying is we are a community. We are a community. And just as Alan shared last week, he gave some great context. I'm just going to follow up on it. The Holy Catholic Church is a declaration of the entire church of Jesus. The undivided, universal followers of Jesus. Catholic is an adjective there. It's describing the community. It's not solely limited to the Roman Catholic Church, although they are very much central and a part of this community that is being described of in the Apostles' Creed. It's saying the community of Jesus followers all over the globe, the Holy Catholic Church. What it's saying is it's a church identified and described by God, for God, of his choosing, of all people who will say yes to following him. 
And that's good news. Because we begin to see that this is not a community of people who are being driven by religion, and so you've got to make it right. You've got to hit every check mark or you're excluded. You have to look a particular way, be a particular way, experience life from the right pedigree. No. It's saying anyone who comes in and begins to find identity in the living God, you are part of the community. We are a community of people identified by grace and acceptance. Everyone who believes in the historic creeds and confessions, it says this, we have commonality in Christ. We are partakers of him and of all his riches and gifts. And it's our cheerful call, it's our life purpose and mission to employ those gifts for the advantage and salvation of others. We are a community. In Adam Hamilton's book, Creed, which I was tempted to just stand before you today and just read like two of his chapters because it was so good. So I just like am going to quote him about five times today thanks to Alan sharing a great book with me. He says this, this whole idea of being the holy Catholic church that we are a community is that it's this compound use of a Greek word that means, in essence, everywhere. That the Catholic Church is, in essence, everywhere that God's kingdom is coming and ruling and reigning. And the Greek word is this, kata holos, found in Acts 9.31. And it describes the church throughout Judea, throughout Galilee and Samaria. It's this idea of here kind of near and to the ends of the earth. And isn't that just so important? Because I don't know about you, but I can just dial in into my world, into my thing, and think it's all about me. (laughs) And that's terrifying for all of you. (laughs) If it's all about me, we are all not in a good way or a good place. But I can do that. And so this is a call back to a foundational faith that goes, you know what, I'm being invited into something bigger. I'm being invited into a community that is global that is in essence everywhere that the power and presence of God is being welcomed in. Power and presence of God being welcomed in because this community is identified by grace and acceptance, which is forefront in the love of Jesus. And this is who we are called to be, a gracious community that accepts everybody because everybody is being pursued by God. Everybody is being loved by Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is drawing everybody into relationship with him. Everybody. This is what it means to be community. People whom the Lord claims as his own. Adam Hamilton says this, the church is made up of people whom the Lord claims as his own. What we just read in in 1 Peter 2, once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. As human beings, we need community. We need to belong. We need others to encourage us and challenge us, and care for us, and be cared for by us. We are wired this way. As God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each member of the Trinity in community with others, we too are made for community. We're made for this. That we're invited to participate and share and encourage. That the communion of saints is a community that encourages one another, challenges one another, participates together, checks in on one another, and says, hey, come join in the fun. 
It says when life is hard and when it's difficult, there's somebody that says, hey, I'm with you. You are not alone. The communion of saints is this incredible longing of the human heart that says no matter what you're going through, you're not excluded. No matter where you've been, you're welcome here because this is a community not identified by me personally, but by the love of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit saying, you're mine. You're mine. I've claimed you. I've been calling out for you. I've been trying to draw you by name. And that I've kind of created this, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy that he would use ordinary human beings to display his glory. Why would he use me? I don't display his glory, right? That's what we tell ourselves. But he made me and he's wired me so that I would connect with him. And as I connect with the living God and I embrace this communion meal that we shared in today, that I begin to identify with him more than my own self. And when that happens, I begin to display his glory. And I begin to just disseminate hope and care to those around me because I begin to go, man, if God made me, guess what? He made you. And we get to be in this thing together. And we, as those who know what it's like to live as human beings, get to experience the love of God and then just be generous with it everywhere. We get to participate. The kingdom of God coming. This life and the journey you are on is not a solo mission. It's never meant to be that way. The love of God draws us into community because life is messy and we need to be around other people who get that. It's hard and we need to be encouraged. You know, one of the things that I think is happening in our culture is that we're seeing church is kind of a me-centric experience. You know, there's so many great churches. It's like you got options, right? you got incredible options, and you can go to places that will fill you up, and you know, that, that you can hear the word preached with power and authority, and you can experience God's presence in worship, and that's our passion here at the Vineyard, but there's options. But when we talk about the communion of saints, what we say is church is not just for you, getting your needs met, but you saying, I'm in, and I'm going to help meet the needs of others. That's a community. A community is ones that step forward and say, it's not just about me, but I'm here to see you and let you know that your life matters. And then as we experience the gifts of community, we just opt all in, and we add our gifts to the pot, and we go, look at this growing community of people using their gifts well. We participate, we encourage. And I'll tell you, here's the hard one. As a community, we have to be committed to relationships. We have to be committed to relationships. The communion of saints paints this incredible picture of past, those who have gone before us as followers of Jesus, who are already worshiping, and and the eternal worship service is in full effect. And I think there are certain denominations that really like get this really well. Just the beauty of those who've lived before us and followed Jesus and followed him faithfully and, and we know that we'll get to worship with them again. The communion of saints is about present, about the relationships now and the community now. But I'll tell you what, the community now is kind of messy. <laughs> and I think we forget that sometimes, but that's the whole point. The whole point is that we haven't got it yet. We aren't fully perfected. Jesus still is coming. And so we can just kind of be a big hot mess together. But we have to be committed to relationship if we're going to do that. Otherwise, 
it's really painful and hard. And it paints this incredible invitation to our future, the communion of saints worshiping for eternity, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. As Adam Hamilton says, I told you I was going to be quoting him like crazy, together we must incarnate God's love and Christ's presence. Together we must be a living, tangible experience of Christ's love and God's presence. And if you want to know who we are at the vineyard, that is our target. And we're not going to do it perfect, but at least you know what we're aiming at. That Jesus, by his grace, his transforming love, that he would meet us and lovingly draw us to look more like him so that we can be a community reaching those who are becoming followers of Jesus and helping those who are following Jesus say yes more and more and more. That we would incarnate God's love and Christ's presence. And so here's the thing that's going to be really hard, and I'm just going to like, I'm going to just whet your appetite. I'm just going to whet your appetite, and I'm just going to leave you wanting more, hopefully. Because there are lots of communities who are gracious. There's lots of communities who are committed to relationship. There are. There are lots of communities. And the thing that I want us to know, and just for you to know, is that we are a community of transformation anchoring to the call of Jesus that says where you are is where I'm ready to meet you, but I'm not going to leave you there because I want to draw you into the fullest life you could possibly ever know. The fullest life you could ever know, and you don't have to wait for the afterlife, the life after, after, however you want to theologically describe it, heaven, that we as a community pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done here on earth. We are a community of transformation. The communion of saints is about transformation. Ordinary men and women who begin to live these lives so much bigger because they're empowered by the Spirit. The communion of saints. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins. And this is where I'm going to wrap up today. If we are a community of transformation and we believe what we're talking about believing, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. We're a community worldwide. That's identity is found in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in the communion of saints, that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves, that we all are identified in the blood of Jesus his life everlasting, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again. Whew. The forgiveness of sins. That we have to become so much more generous with forgiveness than we ever imagined. Generous in receiving forgiveness, that we're not done. <laughs> and generous in extending forgiveness because it is the identity of Jesus to be abundant in his forgiveness. So here's what's interesting. If we believe in the forgiveness of sins, here's what we're saying. Sin happens. You've heard that, right? Sin happens. You might have used other language, you know. Okay, a couple of you are with me. I'm just, I mean, life happens. Stuff happens. It hits the fan. Sin happens. If it didn't, we wouldn't need any of this. <laughs> I am fully aware of my sin. 
the fact that I need help. Sin happens. If I believe in the forgiveness, forgiveness of sins, what I'm stating is I actually believe sin happens. And so if sin happens, and just hang out with me long enough, you'll get your chance. I'll have to ask you for forgiveness too. Is that what we're saying is sin is not the ultimate definition of who you are or how the relationship is supposed to be defined. Forgiveness is. Sin is not the issue. Forgiveness is the issue. Forgiveness is found freely in Jesus, and we are called to be a community that's all in on that. That's all in on that. If you are a follower of Jesus, what you're saying is, I have acknowledged I am broken, I, am, I have faults, I am not perfect, I need a Savior, and then you just go, forgive me. Forgive me. And then you live the rest of your life the exact same way, and then you share it with everybody possible a community of transformation. And here's what I'm learning about transformation. I could stand up here and go, all of y'all need to get your stuff right. And that would be judgmental. Me first. I want to be the first. And I'm not, because there have been so many people who have gone before me. And I get to follow a senior pastor who has anchored his entire life on the love of Jesus and is allowing the love of Jesus after, you know, almost a few years of ministry. <laughs> 38 vocational years of ministry. And he's more passionate today than ever about the transforming love of Jesus. Because he knows that the hope of the gospel is for his own heart. And if he allows it to take root in his own heart, he will be so gracious with everybody around him. And he is. And if I'll allow it to take root in my own heart, 1 Peter 2 says that we have been taken out of darkness and into the wonderful light. And I just go, God, would you do that with everything that's inside of me. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sin, which means everybody is welcome here and everybody is accepted here to find their identity in the perfect one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Jesus who came to save and says, follow me. That is what makes us a different community, is we're saying, follow Jesus. Let him be Lord of your life. Let him show you what the forgiveness of sins looks like, and just let's do this together. There's lots of grace. There's lots of grace. There's lots of grace. But I'll just tell you, I'm saying me first. Me first.